You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network. Be quiet. My introduction. Welcome to the Oz Network for our fourth in our series of five random rewatches. One, two, three, four, five. Random rewatches on uh, the Star Trek franchise. Uh, so far, we have covered Star Trek, the original series, Mirror Mirror, Star Trek The Next Generation, don't remember what it was called, but it was Riker's Rape Trial, Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Children of Time, and now we are up to Star Trek Voyager as randomly drawn, Season 5, Episode 2, sorry, wrong, Season 5, Episode 12, Bride of Chaotica. Um, and I was a little bit excited uh, at the end of the last episode. We'll see if I still am having uh, rewatched this now. Uh, but we got one more of these to come. But now we're up to Voyager, the show that uh, I've made uh, uh, no apologies about my dislike for. Uh, but this may be one of the few ones that uh, I'm pleasantly <laughs> surprised with. Uh, let's get into it. I-, I can't believe that you forgot to mention one of our favorite episodes that we've covered. Which was from Star Trek season We Love Tardigrades episode no. number. Yeah, episode We Stay on the Ship the Whole Time. Yeah, Star Trek Discovery. We forgot Star Trek Discovery, which you can now hear a season two, episode one <laughs> recap, where they again mostly stay on the ship. Um, my name is Colin. Stop. Host of this podcast. Stop. Coffee Black. Okay, and we're going to. Coffee be- first. Okay, thank you. Uh, the bathrooms are not functional, so easy on that coffee. Uh, so, let's go through history with Voyager before talking about this episode. Uh, we covered a little bit of anybody listened to our Star Trek Discovery coverage last season, which, again, we did cover the premiere of Season 2, which uh, just came out over the weekend. But we're probably only going to check in mid-season at the end of the season. Uh, so, uh, otherwise, you want to hear about Star Trek Discovery, go back and listen to our first season. But... We talked a little bit about... Um, you didn't introduce yourself. I did. Stop. I introduced myself. I swear. Stop. No, you didn't say you're Colin. How do people know what your name is? I did. I said, my name is Colin. Stop. Oh, I didn't say my name then. I'm Jamie. You did. No, I didn't. Okay. Anyways, we will not correct this. Um, so, Star Trek... Oh, oh. by the way, oh. for... for I told you I will keep this as a short episode for you, okay. and you're wrecking it. No, I know, but I, had, I just have one question, and mm-hmm. I know that I'm going to see your dimples, and you're going to laugh kind of, but for um, the uh, Lady Janeway lady. Um, the old lady, as you call her. You know, she she's not, like, that old, really, but I, I do have to wonder, though, on a scale of 1 to 10 for, like, hotness and bangability, where does she fall for you? I don't know, a three and a half? If really? That, that, that would, low? That might be generous. No, not into Janeway. Um, it's, it's, I, I gotta be honest, I hate the character. I hate the character of Janeway. I think she's the least likable of the, the captains. I think she's the least charismatic. I think she's the most forced, the, the least clearly defined. Um, I'm not going to blame on the writers because she had way more time to establish herself than Scott Bakula or uh, Avery Brooks or any of the other ones. Uh, I just, uh, I, I don't like Janeway. Anyways, but Star Trek Discovery, uh, which debuted only a couple months after Star Trek The Next Generation went off the air. Deep Space Nine had already been on the air for, I think it was in its th- third season by this time. 
So we talked a little bit last week, or it might have been during Discovery's episode, one of the Star Trek episodes we covered last week, about the fact that we're about to have two, maybe even three Star Trek shows on the air right now, and how they did that with Voyager and Deep Space Nine. Um, There's an interesting article that came out just this past week talking to one of the writers or showrunners of either Discovery, Picard, or the Michelle Yeoh series is going to come out, uh, talking about how you know, it presents a challenge having all these Star Trek shows on the air. And they use the example of Deep Space Nine and Voyager that in some ways neither show really found the audience that they expected it to because they were always sort of in competition with each other. Uh, Completely different shows, but they took place during the same time period. Completely different formats for the show. Uh, But just being two Star Trek shows on the air, audiences sometimes just got lost and like, oh, which one is that? You'd be like, well, it's the old lady one, you know? Uh... But that's kind of where we're at with Voyager. And I I sort of feel the same way because as big of a fan as I was of The Next Generation, and a few years after this, once this is, you know, ending its run and Deep Space Nine's already off the air and uh, Enterprise comes out, I'm way more into Enterprise than I was either Deep Space Nine or Voyager. And I love Deep Space Nine especially, but it took me to the later seasons to really start watching it dedicated. And I don't think I ever got there with Voyager. And I kind of see something to that, like just the two shows being on the air. So when this show debuted, I remember watching the first episode and I I may have even stopped watching it halfway through. I'm pretty sure I finished the episode, but like I stopped watching. I'm like, oh, I'll check back in with this. Maybe it just was kind of Star Trek overkill at the time that I never quite got into Voyager. Now, having said that, um, during this entire run, I might have watched two, maybe three episodes per season. From 1995 to 2002, whenever this uh, ran, or 2001, uh, maybe two, three episodes a season I would check in. Never that dedicated to it. Couldn't have told you what my favorite episode was because I never paid close attention to it. Once all the Star Trek shows are off the air and they're getting ready to reboot the movies with the Chris Pine uh, ones that came out, the J.J. Abrams ones uh, about 10 years ago, just in leading up to that movie, having had no Star Trek shows in the air, I decided to watch not all the series, but I would pick like oh these sound like good episodes and i would go through an original series episode then i'd do next generation then i'd do deep space nine kind of like what we're doing here and i realized i'm like voyager is actually kind of a fun show it is dumb it's the most brainless star trek show there's really no depth to it whatsoever in comparison to the others but i at least came to appreciate just that you know entertainment value but i gotta be honest i don't know if there really is anything more to voyager other than entertainment value what are your memories of the show other than the old lady um, not very much, but I, I do remember kind of one thing that's on the site that you have up there that it really did stick out in my mind watching this show that it was the first Star Trek show I really saw where there was a lot of women on it Well, in important roles. But I'm not saying that necessarily makes it better. And it's not because women are worst, act- worst, act- worst actors. That's not what I mean. Well, but, Janeway is. She's not good. That's my opinion. But, but I'm just saying like... Um, I noticed that, but this one I, I never really got into. My mom has seen pretty much all of them. I don't think she's seen the newest one, but I don't know if she's seen the Scott Bakula one, but if she hasn't, I mean, she needs to watch it because they just got Netflix. Ah. <laughs> they got Netflix or they're using your Netflix? Well, no, Ma- Matthew just signed up for the month they, free. No, nobody listening knows who Matthew is. You gotta use context here. My, my brother, okay. who lives with my mom. Okay. I love that you had to throw that in there. He lives with my mom. Well, uh, otherwise it's like, well, why is your brother just getting your mom Netflix? Is she really old? 
I mean, she's not really old. She's like, she's like 58, <laughs> turning 59 you this year. You dig yourself out of the hole yet? <laughs> no, I'm turning 30. Uh, okay, let's quickly go over this, okay? So Voyager had, uh, I would say, at any given time, three female characters on the show. You had Janeway, you had Torres, who's the half Klingon woman. Originally, they had this really bad character named Kess, uh, who was on maybe the first uh, three, four seasons uh, later, they brought in Seven of Nine, the Borg, and I think they probably overlapped at some point. So at one point, you may have had four, but it was basically three. Deep Space Nine, I kind of thought that Deep Space Nine would have been the one, but Deep Space Nine only really had two main ones uh, with uh, Kira and Dax. Uh, but having said that, there were a lot of supporting characters that would appear more often, um, like Cisco's uh, wife uh, would appear on the show often. So yeah, I always like Whoopi Goldberg's character. I know she's on a different season, but I'm saying I always like her show. Next generation. That's what I said. It like a, a different, well, not season, but yeah, series. Yeah, that's the word I was looking for. Okay, so I was just fixing the tag on the back of <laughs> your shirt. I tell you, let me just go through pre-production meetings here. Every <laughs> single episode we record now, I'm like Jamie, don't do that distracting because what Jamie used to do when we would record is I'd be in the middle of talking. Or going on a rant or something like that. And she'd do something like put her arm around me or, or lean her head on my shoulder. And I'm like, I can't focus when you're doing stuff like that. I'm like, it's impossible to, to keep a rhythm going. I'm very affectionate. No, but but I always tell you, don't do that distracting. And sometimes the distracting thing will be things like you'll sit there and play with your belly button. or <laughs> That's what I'm kind of doing you can right hear, now. You can hear on our best of shows some of the best of Jamie moments of distracting moments on both years. But, yeah, the, the, I started this one. You tell me that every time. I'm like, that's because you do it every time, no matter whether I tell you or not. And what did you just do in the middle of me talking? You, like, tuck the tag back into my shirt. Uh, <laughs> let's get into this episode here. So, as I said, I, I watched the majority of what I've seen of Voyager probably about 10 years ago when the J.J. Abram movies were coming out. And this was one of the episodes I've seen. Now, I still have not seen nearly as much Voyager as I have the other shows. Um the original series, Next Generation and Enterprise, I've seen every episode of. Deep Space Nine and Voyager, probably just because they ran longer. I've seen, you know, maybe half of the episodes of Voyager, if that, maybe even less than that. And for Deep Space Nine, you know, maybe two thirds of the episode. Now, considering there are like, I don't know, close to 150 or more episodes of Voyager, I think half or a little less than half is not bad. But this is one of the ones I'd seen. So I was saying dreading last summer when we were saying we were going to be doing these random rewatches. It's really weird. And when we were getting ready to do this, sometimes you just say things like, where are you going with that? You're like, shut up, Jamie. You threw me off. (laughs) No, I'm just like raising my eyebrow. I'm like, what? Was that going somewhere? (laughs) I'm saying this episode was really weird. Well, no, I'm getting that because... uh, even leading up to the last couple weeks, I'm like, oh, I'm not excited for Voyager. If there's anything I'm going to bin, it's probably going to be a Voyager episode. Even though I don't hate Voyager, it's just easily my least favorite show. And when we randomly drew this, I got excited last week. And I'm like, Bride of Chaotic, I'm, we're going to be in for some fun. Now, I probably haven't seen this one in years. Um, but I, I'm still excited about it. I still think it's a fun episode. But maybe it's because we're watching this after the original series next generation deep space nine which all had some even the the next generation episode which was not a great episode the Riker rape trial uh it still had some depth to it and this is it's kind of fun but it's not really you know outrageously fun and there really is no depth to it whatsoever it's certainly not a bad episode i still think it is one of the more fun episodes i'm watching it though 
bed. Uh, we are not adding help. My, my, my sorry, that actually was a legitimate lo- yawn. But <laughs> seriously, that's the reaction of the episode. Like, it's funny because okay, it's a complicated answer. I started watching the episode, and I even texted you. I'm like, "What the heck am I watching?" Yeah, <laughs> because I'm you know like maybe 15 or 20 minutes in, and I'm like, "What in the world?" And then I'm watching this, and obviously I know that these people that are in the black and white, I, I know that they're on the crew and stuff like that. So I, I do automatically realize, okay, this is a holodeck story that this guy has created, or yeah. he's reenacting or something. And so I'm just like, this just feels really weird. I'm watching the whole episode. I'm like, it's like the most um, un-Star Trek, Star Trek episode I've ever watched. Well, no. No, I, I really do feel like it is, and... I feel like um, there there isn't much satisfaction to the ending. Yeah, that's where I'll agree with you. Because um, I'm just like, oh, well, big whoop. Like, how do they know that these aliens were even really a threat anyways? They were basically just stuck. Okay, so uh, a little bit of background. About, well, before I get into the background, first we'll just get the whole holodeck thing. Because this isn't anything new. The next generation brought in the holodeck. They introduced in the very first episode. In fact, that's how Data was introduced. Data was introduced, his first scene in the first episode of the next generation was him uh on the holodeck you know uh whistling a song or whatever so they they right away want to show you there is this thing on the ship that can really generate any environment you want it can generate characters next generation used this a lot deep space nine used it a lot voyager used it a lot it's nothing new and the way that next generation used it in even in my opinion i would watch next generation and if it was a holodeck episode i'd usually be like ah Oh boy, you know, uh, it's it's not that it's bad, but it's kind of used just as a way to do one-off stories that, that don't really have any stakes to them, and it's role-playing for the cast. Like, it's a weird comparison here, but you go back to the show Gilligan's Island, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, Gilligan's Island long before my time, but it's a show I kind of discovered when, you know, I was in my late teens, early 20s, just through reruns, and... They would often do stories on Gilligan's Island, which were like fantasy episodes. So somebody gets knocked out and they have a dream that they're all, you know, uh, in uh, ancient medieval times and all the characters are somebody else. Other shows do this, but Gilligan's Island would do this often. And those were always the worst episodes to me because it, it had nothing to do with the show. And the cast at Gilligan's Island would always say, you know, we're on a show where we're just on an island. There's only so much you can do with your character. So it was fun for them when they got these role playing episodes where they could do some type of fantasy sequence and they love that and i have a feeling that's the same thing with next generation that they would it's almost like throwing a bone to the cast here data this week will let you play sherlock holmes you know hey picard this week will let you play uh some film noir detective and that's kind of the things that i always hated with even next generation were these holodeck episodes this was not a good incorporation of a real story but the holodeck stuff itself i felt was more entertaining to watch than Data playing Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. It's just the ending of it, like I said, is really flat. We'll get there in a second. But the other thing I want to say with background of this episode is that, uh, first of all, we did mention at the end of the last episode that this episode was written by Brian Fuller. Uh, Now, I'll I'll pull up the credits here and everything so you get an idea of how big he's become in television since then. But this is a guy who basically started 
on the Star Trek series. I love as soon as I'm about to show you something, you get up to try to walk away and just expect me, like the puppet host I am, to sit there and rant. You could you could sit. And... No, you know what? I'm really hot. I just I'm opening the window for the cold, nice cold winter breeze. Okay, so the cold winter breeze is a blizzard's on outside here in Winnipeg. Um, anyway, so Brian Fuller started on the Star Trek shows, this and Deep Space Nine. He wrote a lot of Voyager. He eventually went on to create TV show. There was a TV show called Wonderfalls that he did, which was sort of like a cult favorite. Another show called Pushing Daisies, which you might have heard of, where there was a cult favorite. Uh, he did a lot of work on Heroes. At one point, he was sort of given the show to take over, and it didn't work. Uh, and then the one he's most noted for now is Hannibal. Uh, but he's the guy who created Discovery, along with Alex Kurtzman, and then left the show by episode three. <laughs> uh, so this is a guy who's been with Star Trek a long time. Now, I don't know why he came up with this particular storyline, the Flash Gordon style, let's do this holodeck in black and white, but some of the lack of Star Trekness you were talking about here was because there was a legitimate fire on the set of the bridge, on the Voyager set that they have for the bridge of the Voyager. There was a fire, and this wind is... Something I can't ignore. And snow is actually blowing in on the back of my neck. Can we please close the window? But it feels so nice. Hey, this is what it's like to record with a woman who's five months pregnant with twins. Almost six months. Almost six months pregnant with twins. Is that there is a legitimate blowing snow warning outside. It's not minus 26 Celsius yet, but it's getting there. And you've opened the window to blow on me because you're feeling hot. Well, I'll switch places with you if you want. You can't switch places with me. Do you want a hoodie? There's drops on. Yes, I do want. Go get me a jacket. (laughs) If you want to record this episode in the middle of Winnipeg winter, you're going to get me a jacket. I'm going to wait here. All this is being kept in. (laughs) Because I don't have time to edit this. I'm getting cold, Jamie. <laughs> Why don't I just keep talking? You can hear me while I'm saying this. Yes. So anyways, um, but the fire that uh, happened on the set of the Voyager, uh, the Voyager bridge set, uh, caused them to have to shut down as they rebuilt the set. Now, for that reason, they needed an episode that they could film that wouldn't really involve the bridge set. And we do see the bridge in maybe two scenes. Thank you, Jamie. <laughs> I'll now continue this. <laughs> Need to put the hood up? Um, anyways, so th- there are two scenes in the middle that take place on the bridge, but those scenes were actually filmed weeks later once it was rebuilt, but they needed to get something in the can, uh, so they used this set, which had already been used, the whole Captain Proton holodeck thing it had been used in a previous episode, and they're like, well, we can reuse these sets, we can reuse these costumes, let's just write the episode around it. That could be one of the reasons why this feels like almost a throwaway episode and the ending definitely doesn't tie things up very well. Uh, but I just want to point out that there is kind of a reason why we don't see much of the ship and everything else in this. Yeah, well, I didn't know about the fire thing. That makes sense. Um, I mean, you kind of know the background about everything, though, anyways. Well, uh, I do because I Googled it five minutes before we recorded. <laughs> I, I did like her costume, though, as uh, Queen Arachnia. Arachnia? Uh so, just to explain the plot in case people haven't seen this, uh, Paris and Kim, uh, they are on the holodeck. The guy's name is Paris? 
Yeah, the the the, the guy who's playing Captain Proton. Well, is like Paris. like Paris Hilding. Uh, like Paris Hilding. No, we're related to him. No, Paris Hilton. No, Tom Paris. Uh, and we'll we'll go through the characters here in a second too. But Tom oh, Paris. Oh, that's right. That's the last names. Yes, and Harry Kim. Uh, they're reenacting this Flash Gordon like serial that's actually in black and white. It's got old, you know, rickety looking sets. It looks like something out of the 30s. The music is out of the 30s. There's this evil guy, Chaotico, who's like the. Uh, what's the Flash Gordon villain's name? Uh, evil Flash? Evil. No, that's. Okay, you're thinking of The Flash. Flash Gordon is something else. Ming the Merciless. That's who I'm thinking of. So. What's Flash Gordon? Flash. It's like Captain Proton. Okay, never mind. <laughs> It's an old 30s serial. It's kind of like what Star Wars was, you know, built around. Uh, So they're reenacting this. And then in the middle of the program, there's this weird colored light things that start appearing. And they're not sure what it is. They can't shut down the program. They get called to the bridge. And the setup of the episode is that they're, they're now trapped inside something, which it's not really explained that well in the episode. But some type of force field has trapped them in space. They can't leave it. Uh, there's things on the ship that are shutting down. I don't know why they felt the need to write in things like, uh, you know, the bathrooms aren't working. We have four bathrooms for 150 people because it's not like we needed to see a bathroom. We got to explain why we're not seeing people on the toilet in Star Trek. Like we've ever seen somebody on the toilet in Star Trek. Like what if they ate something really bad and they had really bad diarrhea and they just were running around crapping themselves? (laughs) It would have made the deleted scenes. I'm sure. Um, Clean up in section eight. So what eventually comes to this for the first half of the episode is that they realize that there's some type of energy burst that's happening on the ship and they're saying it's originating from the holodeck. And this is where Paris and Kim were before. And um, when they get down there, they realize, well, some type of interdimensional aliens have somehow crossed over into our dimension, but they're stuck in the holodeck. So they only recognize these photonic characters, the fake holodeck characters as being real and they can't even sense anything out of this. It's really convoluted, kind of an overdone way of explaining why we're not going to see much else of the ship. I don't know if we really needed that. And there's more that you could have done with this, but obviously limited budget. But that's the idea that these weird color things we're seeing are sending aliens. And why these aliens decide to materialize in 1930s film noir Humphrey Bogart detective Maltese Falcon style things like it, I I, don't I was actually ever... wondering about that too yeah like th- there's no explanation for why these interdimensional aliens are emerging in costume on the holodeck from some other holodeck program like maybe it's explained in the episode but if it is it's not explained well no I I didn't I didn't get it but they're they are in the holodeck there and they're perfectly matched for the time period. Obviously, different type of um, what would you call that? Um, uh, not, this is n- not, not going to be our shorter not, episode. No, no, not not genre. Maybe genre. That that goes for movies. Sure, let's movie. just say genre. That goes for movies too, not just music, right? Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> shut up. So anyway, so like you have one thing that's like science fiction and then obviously film noir. So first of all, how did they know that that yeah. is it? And are they actually humans? Because they, well, legitim- they legitimately just look like humans. I don't understand it at all. Um, Again, budget things. You, you, you could have done something to make them look a little different, though. And in the episode, I think it's a fun idea that some type of aliens have crossed over this holodeck and they think that this Chaotica guy is the real villain they have to fight. So the, the crew or Janeway sort of, you know, along with the crew comes up with this plan saying, okay, we need to 
convince them that we've defeated Chaotica and then they'll leave us. You could have done so much more with that. I would have liked to have seen, even just incorporate some color in there where there is a real war going on and these things are blowing up the holodeck and maybe that's blowing up the ship around them. It's just they did too little with what was actually kind of a cool concept. But again, you could say, well, fire happened and budget reasons or whatever. Yeah, and I I think that for... A lot of it, it was interesting, but then, like I said, the end fell flat. Here's so. where it fell apart for me. Introducing, okay, introducing the Doctor as, they're like, well, he is a photonic character, because the Doctor is just a hologram. You knew that, yeah. right? Yes. And by the way, the Doctor, by far the best character on this show. Like, d- nobody comes close. He's the best character on this show. Um, the Doctor is the only one who could talk to them. So he becomes the president of Earth to tell these interdimensional aliens, just step aside, let us defeat Chaotica, because they think they're at war with this Chaotica guy all of a sudden. Let Proton do it. Captain Proton, Tom Paris, will defeat him. And again, this idea that, well, he's the only one they could talk to, and he just has this very brief scene where he's in character and in costume talking to these interdimensional beings to explain that we'll just let this program run out. You got us kind of hyped up that there'd be this war between interdimensional beings on the holodeck and then not even at the end of the episode, we're talking like maybe two-thirds of the way through, if not even closer to half of the way through, he just tells the interdimensional aliens, step aside, we got this, and then we get 20 minutes of Janeway in character trying to seduce Chaotica with her pheromones. Uh, <laughs> B.O. <laughs> and that that scene plays out forever. And I, I wanted to... I, I like... The- Make me your Ooh. love slave. <laughs> gross for one thing <laughs> but for another thing i liked how in when we read up the description for the Riker rape trial episode uh that it was gonna be a holodeck Stop reenactment. calling it that that's the only one i can't remember the name of the episode what was it that's See, all, you don't that, know that's all describe know. the episode so what would you call it if i asked you what was the episode of next generation we did i don't know interrogation holodeck <laughs> you would not you would have said the Riker rape trial no anyways but the episode was the Riker Rape Trial, so let's just say it. When I read, oh, it's a holodeck episode, I'm like, I'm not sure that I remember this that well. I was envisioning a holodeck episode. That was a good way to incorporate it, where like, the holodeck matters to our storyline. Let's just use it as a device for the storyline. And here, it just becomes, let's just continue to play out the program. And the stakes of these interdimensional aliens get completely lost in it. And then having Janeway come in there and seduce this guy for what felt like 15 straight minutes... It completely lost me. Yeah, it, it was a bit drawn out. I will give you that. So when you're referring to the ending and what you don't like about the ending, what is it specifically about the ending you don't like? Um, I, I think what you're saying with the doctor just being like, we'll take care of this. Mm-hmm. And then obviously um, how it ends with just like, oh, they killed uh, this. Uh, what, what was that? Captain Phasma's name again? Captain Phasma? The e- evil... Chaotica? Yeah. Well, the episode's called Bride of Chaotica. That's a good yeah. way to remember. Anyway, so, yeah, they, they kill this dude. And first it looks like they stun him, and then he holds on to the electrical gun, and it's like that scene in Home Alone 2 Raven. or whatever. Uh, Death, Death Ray. Yeah. It's like that scene in Home Alone, is it 2, where you see the guy's skeleton? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Home Alone 2. Terrible moment in... Uh... Home Alone 2. No way. Yes. That's so good. It's so dumb. It's so good. Ugh. Anyway, and then it's basically like that, but due to budget cuts, they couldn't make it look as cool as Home Alone. Um, and then all of a sudden, 
the however many portals or whatever close. And it's like, huh, that's it. Huh. Yeah, like, why didn't we have the aliens involved in some way? Like, what if... Or the- try to communicate afterwards some some way. Or, and... Like, okay, thanks the other for thing. your help. The big battle that this ends up building towards between Chaotica and Captain Proton, it's presented the way it would have been presented in a 30s serial. So I appreciate that about it. Where it's just Proton on his ship pressing a button, and then you cut to a shot of Chaotica and his lair, and the the set sort of fake shaking. Now, they weren't going to actually have these things blasting each other because they don't have the effects for that, and it wouldn't make sense. But I feel like they limited themselves with making this so 30s in style when really a holodeck should be about, well, you can actually interact with these environments. Just, she's closing the window, people. I can lose a layer. Um, it's it's just because the other window's getting foggy and I don't want Casper to get cold. Okay, so... I, I could leave it open all night. They have... This battle, which I, I in a way appreciate that we're not seeing them actually shooting at each other, that it's just done 30 style with like limited effects where sets are shaking and somebody's pressing a button and they just cut back and forth. But we could have had some showdown. Like, I didn't need the showdown of this episode to be Janeway distracting Chaotica and then, you know, the ray gun or whatever. Like, involve the aliens in there. Like, there's so much you could do. Some things I did like in this, though, especially with the incorporation of the 30s um, uh, serial was when uh, Kim saying to Paris earlier on when they land on the planet, right at the beginning when they still think they're in the program, he's like, this planet looks really familiar. It's like, uh, yeah, they just reuse sets back in the day. So they're actually commenting on the fact that they're reusing a set by referring to the fact that in the 30s, all the planets look the same because budget reasons. They could only go, you know, to so many places. Right. Yeah. You just did the motion to me about a minute ago. (laughs) Speed it up. The only reason this is taking so long is because we had to pause for five minutes while we opened the window. I got four loads of laundry to fold. (laughs) Um, You can tell the dedication she has to this. This is what you waited like nine months for, people. Anyways, uh, yeah, things that I point out I did like in this, as I said, the uh, when they said this didn't happen in the last chapter, they're playing this out like real chapters. The whole four toilets for 150 is just dropped in the episode. Um, I don't know why that was there. Uh, thank you, Casper. See, he's cold. Anyways. Uh, trying we should, to, she's trying to say, Daddy, get it over Before with. we rate this episode, I do want to go through the characters. We've done this in the other ones. But as I already said, I'm not a fan of Janeway. I just... There's something with her style of acting that... if, In a way, it feels like she's just... She's trying to play Patrick Stewart. Now the blinds are being closed, as if that's going to retain the heat. I know. I need to take off my pants. Oh, you don't have to announce that on the episode. I'm feeling really hot. Oh, my goodness. How is this happening? I need to take off my pajama pants. I'm feeling really hot. Okay, you don't have to announce everything you're doing. We don't need commentary. Well, you know what? When you grow two babies in your stomach, we'll see how hot you are all the time. That's never happening. (laughs) Anyways, um, I'm not a fan of Janeway. I feel like in some ways she's almost imitating this Shakespearean style that Picard had that worked for him because he was a Shakespearean actor. And she's like this American actress and just doesn't work. Just her way of commanding, just... I don't know, it just... It it always felt kind of awkward to me, like laughable. And... Uh, maybe she's just not a good actress. I don't know. But opinions on Janeway overall? Not my favorite. She's never having enough fun. And, and never it's never believable when she's having fun. If that's the one complaint I'm going to have. Because you look at the way Picard is. Picard's yeah, she, very she, serious. She, she's kind of like that other lady. Um, What's her name? The one who never makes any facial expressions. The one who's on Twilight that everyone makes fun of. 
Kristen, Kristen something? The girl from Twilight. Is it Kristen Stewart? Is that her name? Sure. Let's call her that. I don't know. It's like, this is my sad face. This is my happy face. (laughs) Well, I wouldn't even go that far. It's, It's like, she can make changing expressions, but it's just... When she's being commanding Janeway, I don't find that it's unique enough to her. And maybe that comes from this being on at the same time as Next Generation and even Deep Space Nine where uh, both Picard and um, Cisco they were those commanding characters. And, and, and partly it just has to do with their presentation. Whereas with her, she tried to blend that with this Captain Kirk-like you know, laid-backness. It just it didn't make sense to me. Um Paris is a character I always felt was really bland. Uh, we see this is kind of his episode, but I never found him exciting. Going through the characters on this now, you didn't see a lot of them, but uh, any characters actually stand out to you that you liked? I was going to say you're asking the wrong person. The Doctor's the best, though. Well, the Doctor is um, the Borg seven to nine. She became. We remember we mentioned this where <laughs> you didn't know what her name was seven o nine or something. You called her. I don't know, seven, eight, nine. She was brought in as a guest star and left in the show. Now, she definitely fit in her role, but again, there's only so much you could do with her. And I feel like this is what it is with me and Voyager. The biggest problem is not, I'm not going to blame the characters because do you know what the actual premise of Voyager is? What is the storyline of Voyager compared to the storyline of Next Generation, Deep Space Nine, Original Series, Enterprise, or any of the others? No idea. You don't actually know? No. Okay, so Voyager was just supposed to be the launch of another ship like the Enterprise. And in the very first episode, it kind of goes through this wormhole or whatever or or gets transported across the galaxy 70 or 80 years or light years away from home. So they're basically stuck on the other side of the galaxy where they have no way of getting back home any sooner. And it's like lost in space. They can't communicate with home. They're slowly making their way home. They're in uncharted space that nobody had ever been to before. It was a great concept where you could see new planets you'd never seen. And the the thing that made the show most interesting was that in this accident, there was uh, a group called the Maquis that were like terrorists. Mm-hmm. And their ship and the Voyager ended up getting combined in this accident where they both lost so many. They said, well, we need to join forces. So the characters of Chakotay, who... Uh, he's like, I guess, the second in command. You'll reckon, I'm putting up a picture here. Yeah. My mom loved this guy, by the way. The guy with the tattoo on his face. Um, he was supposed to be the captain of the Maquis ship, who's like technically an enemy of theirs. And then Torres was like his second in command. She's the uh, the, the Vulcan woman. Yeah. Or not Vulcan, not, the, the, the half Klingon woman. Klingon, yeah. They were like terrorists. And then they have to suddenly join with the crew of the Voyager and they have to work together. It was a great premise they just got dropped so quickly and uh, a lot of the actors on the show had later said that they just felt like they weren't used at all particularly the guy who played Chakotay complained a lot about the show saying like they did nothing with me and if there's ever a character in Star Trek that there was so much promise for he was the captain of an enemy ship that has to now be the second in command to a Starfleet captain there's so much he could have done with that but they didn't let it play out long enough they just had them as friendly and there's nothing you can do so I really felt like this show had so much promise that just didn't go anywhere. And in Paris, Paris was a prisoner. He, he's he's. It's like they got him out of jail, and now you have to be part of our crew. He was actually just a prisoner being transported. Huh. So there was a lot that these characters had going for them, but just it, they, they never lived up to. Now, would you watch a show if you knew that's what the Star Trek show was about? It, I mean, it sounds like it could go somewhere, but again, I've watched episodes of this 
um, series and yeah. it's not my favorite. It's because they never let it play out long enough. Yeah. Um, but anyways, back to the Bride of Chaotica. Uh, buy it, rent it, or bin it. Bin it. You're binning it? No, I'm just joking. Rent it. Or, no, are you seriously? You told me how bad this was and you're going to rent uh, it? Yeah, the ending's not really that great, but yeah, no, I'll bin it, actually. No, okay. Well, I was going to say... I would rent this. I would consider it a low rent. Now, going into this, my I, I kept, memory... Like I said, I kept actually falling asleep, so I had to exercise while watching this so I didn't fall asleep. My memory of this episode going in was that I really enjoyed this one. And I still do enjoy it, but if you really have to sit down and analyze how good is the story, the story is completely thrown out halfway through the episode. And the most interesting stuff is all in the beginning. And then the second problem being, you know, obviously that there's no moral dilemma in this it's not like there's any real stakes it's okay for a star trek episode to just be dumb fun almost in a weird luck of the draw we have three back-to-back episodes that that were really complex and that were raising a lot of moral questions in each episode where it made you think and this episode doesn't make you think at all but i would rent it just because i think for entertainment value it still is fun but you're officially binning this one i am officially binning it okay so that brings us to the last of our Star Trek random rewatches, and after this, Rossi and I will be back on just, you know, trading shows one every week, a different show each time. So this will be the last of our series of Star Trek, Jamie. Are you ready? We're on to Enterprise. Now, what do you know about Enterprise? Um, that's the one with the hot captain. Scott Bakula. Yeah. That's it? That's all you know about Enterprise? I've... I. I don't know how many episodes I've watched of that one, but every episode I've watched, I've enjoyed. So Enterprise takes place before all the other shows. This is, if you're going chronologically all Star Trek, Enterprise takes place before anything else. Before Captain Kirk, before anything. Uh, The only thing that actually takes place prior to this is the First Contact movie, which is about the First Contact. This sort of follows up on that. Um, A lot of people consider it to be the worst Star Trek show, although I think that in rewatches, people are sort of discovering there's so much great stuff in Enterprise, particularly the third season, which became one of the earliest shows to really say, we're going to do a season-long story arc. Season three of Enterprise was fantastic. I'm kind of the opinion, I would put this ahead of Voyager for sure. And it is one of the ones that I, I, I wouldn't even call a guilty pleasure. I'm just a big defender of Enterprise, even though I will admit of the four seasons Enterprise had, I think the first season was great. I think the third season was great. I think the second and the fourth we're sort of middle of the road. But we have less episodes to choose from here. Only 98 episodes. So are you ready for the random draw? I sure am. All right. Uh, let's go here. We have number 17. That's my lucky number. Oh, is it? Uh, well, let's see. Number 17 is season one, episode 17, obviously. Uh, Fusion. Uh, this one is an episode that involves the Vulcans, which is going to be cool. Because I think that's one of the things that... Um, Enterprise really had going for was that it was taking place after the First Contact movie and unlike any other Star Trek it presented Vulcans in a completely different way than we'd seen before which was kind of a little bit shady at times so yeah this is this will be a good one to go through and this will be a good one to cap it off on so we're in season one episode 17 fusion that's gonna be next week you excited to talk about Scott Bakula yeah he's pretty good looking is that the only thing you want to talk about this is Jamie I was about to say Jamie Maria. Jamie Hilding signing off. You're just so anxious to finish this. You're signing off well ahead of it. I got to go fold four loads of laundry. All right. (laughs) Goodbye, Jamie. And we'll be back next week for the final one of these random rewatches for Enterprise. Um, My name is Colin, and it's really cold in here. 
my name is Jamie and I'm pregnant with twins, so get over it. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.